0: started welcome <laughs> back to triple f because i don't remember the <laughs> order of the words
1: yeah well i'm i want to change already the title
0: you don't like the title anymore
1: <laughs> no i don't anymore but
0: do you have a better title no well that's good we'll keep changing the title mm-hmm. and nobody will find us
1: i'm stuck with trying to Make it work with the word nerd. Oh, Some wanna, aspect of nerd. nerd podcast. Yeah, kind of. I mean, that's honestly what we're going to end up talking about. So.
0: Well, my entire list of topics today is about uh, famous athletes and famous porn stars. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking <laughs> about.
1: Yeah, my entire list. Why are those
0: people nerds? Those people who actually can rattle off like 10 names of porn stars. That's a type of... Is that a geek? Is that a nerd?
1: We looked up the definition of nerd the other day, and it was... What was it? It was someone who's persnickety, has knowledge, and isn't arrogant about it.
0: I think you did this. I don't remember doing this at all.
1: I think that that means... um, that if someone knows a foolish
0: their... contemptible person who lacks social skills or is boringly studious.
1: Okay, so if you know your sports athletes and you know your porn stars, you're pretty nerdy.
0: But the part of the connotation is that you're foolish or contemptible.
1: Yeah, that's really weird. Foolish.
0: But if as there's also a verb. I didn't know nerd could be a verb. So they say his engineering background t- means he tends to nerd out a bit on the numbers. So that means you're technical. Okay. Obsessively technical.
1: Yeah, and I would say you're obsessively technical.
0: Okay, let's see what geek is. Unfashionably or socially inept person. Okay. You you have the choice between being foolish or socially inept.
1: Okay. Both suck. Yeah. They both have really negative connotations. Welcome back to the cool podcast. Yeah, the cool (laughs) podcast.
0: (laughs) We're a bunch of cool people.
1: Yeah, I I don't think those negative connotations exist anymore. I think people will think of nerd and geek in a positive way.
0: Yeah, because we live in a nerdocracy now.
1: Yeah, I think we le- live in a time where technology rules and being technically proficient in nerdy things actually makes you really competent. Maybe, and then people but... actually like you because you you know you know how to use a computer you know how to you know set up your own website you know how yeah, to do all like these literacy.
0: things. and then once you get beyond that I feel like you're just being ingratiating to the current power structure like you're not not necessarily doing anything like if you know how Tesla's like inner car you know innards work you're just being a slovenly like ingratiating fan of Tesla the company that you're not you're not necessarily Actually being useful
1: No, I, I get that but you might actually be perceived now as cool because you have all the have all this knowledge and you can Rattle off all these cool facts I see at like a Party or with your friends or something and I think
0: people think that's interesting. I guess, yeah. So there is some utility in being entertaining. I mean, I think
1: maybe there needs to be another word for it. Like you're a technology, you're obsessed about technology. I don't know, you're, um, whatever.
0: Well, yeah, I I guess.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think I like the word nerd and I think it's a positive thing. I think it's because nobody ever called me a nerd. I think that's why. I think uh, I have I have a little bit of I always felt like I was a nerd, but mm-hmm. nobody identified me as a nerd. They just identified me as either quiet and um I think I and, think there may be a Or a party gender. animal. <laughs> like either like either yeah. I was shy or a party animal, but I was never a nerd.
0: <laughs> yeah. I feel like I got strongly identified that as a as a kid. As a nerd. Yeah. Because, you know, maybe like high school on you know
1: you were like talking like us in high school
0: yeah exactly (laughs) so i'm saying we have different experiences where i'm trying to get away from that as far as possible and you're trying to get it just because it is lumped in with being smart yeah yeah i'm constantly
1: trying to appear smart
0: (laughs) no and i'm just like just because this uh current classroom lesson is in, in high school is easy for me doesn't now not mean imply I'm socially inept. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. You're you're yeah, you find it offensive yeah. because you're you're taking that part of the nerdy definition. Yeah. But I'm like I always feel like I have maybe some technical skills but nobody's appreciating any of my technical skills. Mm-hmm. And so I just hated when people got together and they were identified as a nerd and I'm like I'm over here and I've read more than these people. And I know more about the subject than they do. Mm-hmm. Why, why, why am I not being the expert or they're the nerd? they're actually
0: socially retarded. And that's, that has to be their whole personal identity.
1: Yeah. That makes sense.
0: Socially handicapped.
1: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you gave <me> <laughs> that's well. a, a, a no-no word anymore. Okay. Okay. <laughs> In some circles.
0: Yeah. Um, socially handicapable. They're socially handicapable. Yeah,
1: they're socially handicapable. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh,
0: nerdy voices, um, describing yeah. science things is my segue. Um, I was—I already talked to you about this, but I was listening to the um, Crichton book, um, you know, in like pieces, um, what's it called? Timeline. That's the and, name of the book? Timeline? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the, it's the second one I'm on. And yeah. Um, We've talked about Crichton before, you know. He's super, whatever, sci-fi writer. But they the I'm still not getting used to this. This is only this is maybe like the second book ever I've ever listened to on tape rather than read. I've always read books, and and the first one was okay because I feel like the the reader was a little like subdued, so we just had these minor variations. Like, uh, no, said Johnson. Yes, said Mike. You know, it was just very subtle i was like okay and uh although he did lean pretty hard into the black guy's voice which is a little, a little, a little, like okay which is funny because the black guy was a nerd in that book by the way he was a he was the like he's the super logically deductive mathematician um, but he
1: talked with a, a yeah. ghetto accent yeah yeah
0: yeah because i <laughs> and l- later like i realized these guys must have to read the whole. yo book.
1: man i, re- like, I really realized... <laughs> he so talking like that
0: well, I don't know. Yeah, it's just more like the inflections and stuff. But okay. it, the I realized later these guys must read the book because they, uh, um, because some characteristics are defined later, and they've already incorporated them in the uh. voice, you know. So I realized, like to have that job, you have to probably read the whole book and then go back and I have no idea. You probably have to. It's probably a lot of work. Anyway, but the one I'm reading uh, or listening to now, um. He just—he's just—he has more extreme voices, so I don't even know if I can do it. <clears throat> I should have tried before I, we were recording, but it, he has this like. Um, there's the, it's it's the 14th century one I told you about the, where they were going back to the 14th yeah, century yeah. French century, and then there's like a Elon Musk type character who's basically building a time machine with quantum physics, and um, the expert working for the Elon Musk guy has this voice where he's like, I, I don't know if I can do it. It's like really gruff and it's really flat and it's really low. So it's just like, uh, you know, this this is my voice and this is how I talk. Yes. And then he'll go for pages with that voice because they're also in the middle of the book, that guy has to explain like all of quantum physics. He's like, you see quantum entanglement is what, and it's like it's like <laughs> somebody reading a Wikipedia page in a weird voice it's really I don't know I just I, I just thought that was absurd um, I don't know
1: yeah
0: that's it, it's just, it just yeah I, I didn't give you a good picture of it but he's just like you know well as you know atoms have orbiting electrons imagine an electron like this and it, I mean it's like that for like 10 minutes
1: <laughs> Wow but
0: electrons are not neither in a distinct superposition or position or whatever he says yeah
1: like, i wonder with the the audible um or whatever audiobook um actor or the the people reading the book i wonder how many choices they have to make like just, do they I, I do they meet imagine. up with the author or yeah. whoever the publisher are and then they're like i'm gonna do this voice for this and i'm gonna do that voice i don't think so
0: <laughs> i don't think so i can imagine them <laughs> just flipping through the first like imagine eight if- chapters and being like, all right, I got this book. Okay, this weird weird character shows up for, like, two lines. And he's like, uh, then he, there's, like, this French character named Merrick or something. And he's like, Merrick. You know? you know? And then all of a sudden, like, two-thirds of the book, there's just chapters of Merrick, like, monologuing. And then he has to...
1: Do that French accent. Like, bring, the old, yeah, yeah. old-ass French accent. Yeah, or whatever
0: crazy choice he made. Yeah. Because he only flipped through, like, the first ten chapters, you know. And, yeah. and he's like... You know, was able to pull something off once, you know, when he was recording it. And he's like, oh, that's pretty good. Let's yeah. just stick with it. And then he's like, I don't want to go back and change it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's just funny to me that he didn't decide to do a nerdy voice, you know, or that. He decided to do like a monotone deep voice. Yeah. And well, I guess maybe of... that's
0: the part that's bothering me. I, I, maybe the you know, character the like rides a motorcycle or something.
1: Like... <laughs>
0: yeah, maybe the oh, character rides a motorcycle. And then, and then some... that's his version of a motorcycle guy. Yeah. Okay. Well, I um, I don't know. It's just like <laughs> But wouldn't do... it be
1: funny if he did? Like maybe a really feminine voice, like a guy with a really feminine voice, you know, like a northern California accent.
0: <laughs> the worst.
1: <laughs> Instead of a motorcycle rider voice. That would have maybe like set the setting better or the or the content would have been easier to understand. The voice was more coherent with the, the content.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to be able to pull it up, but...
1: Yeah, but you've been reading a lot of Crichton, and you've just been so impressed by how much knowledge he has and just, like, how he's basically probably a genius, like, really high-level genius, like, 200 IQ, right? <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Off electrons, producing electricity. Mathematically, the equations worked; they fit the view that light consisted of particles. Okay, so far, yes. And pretty soon, physicists began to realize that not only light, but all energy, was composed of particles.
1: Fact, <laughs> yeah, that's. I see what you're saying. It, it's like
0: it's like realistic fiction. I mean, I, I think I think sci- uh, Crichton is in this category of sci-fi realism. Yeah, but. With those kind of voices, it just starts to sound like a Star Wars book to me, or something. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Emperor, the Rebel (laughs) secondary fleet is coming through the whatever—I don't know anything about Star Wars—but the little warp speed wormholes, and (laughs) and then there's a Jedi magician aboard, and he's you know manipulating Mm. our engines or something. It's like, I understand. Like some absurd, ridiculous like scenario that is explained and then it's just it's just through this expositional format where somebody just says it and yeah, then you have yeah. another character who like, okay, like I just acknowledge it like yeah. it's normal. Yeah,
1: yeah. That's <laughs> I don't
0: know. yeah. I guess I guess 'cause the conversation itself too
1: Yeah, it's does Creighton ever just explain things like a narrator? Like just go off. He at the he, very
0: beginning of the book, like the first chapter, which is only like a page or two, he does. But, but
1: then he go always. It's the characters kind of voicing. Yeah. The science. Yeah. It, he never just goes off as, as a little narrator moment.
0: Um, like he does that sometimes, just not in this case. Yeah. I, I, I just thought of another he was, example. He
1: was trying. He was trying out a different, different thing. Honestly, and then, if I
0: think if I read it, I would just read it really fast yeah. and be like, yeah, this, I know this stuff. This makes sense. But yeah, when, uh, the voice guy is just. The voice guy is making it too, putting too much emphasis on
1: it. Yeah, he's making it sound almost like a little emotional instead of just reading through it really quickly. I, I don't know, but that's funny. Yeah. It can really affect um, the uh, the quality of the story. like Because I, I listen to so many um, fiction audiobooks, and the quality of the, the actor or actress or whatever, the reader... I don't know the voice actor that's what it is Um, really matters matters a lot can really ruin a story or or make a average story really good interesting especially if they're yeah if they're if they're really good at doing distinct voices like some of them are really good at doing distinct voices to a point where I'm like is this a different person you know they have, yeah. like, 15 voices in there because they have a bunch I, I get, of people. I, I don't know
0: what it is with this guy. And, and this guy got – there was a lot of people complaining about the voice reading on this book. Um, and I started listening to it, and I'm like, I don't know what they're talking about. Because they were talking about like, the sound quality being bad and things like that. Like, mm. you could hear background noise and stuff. I haven't heard any of that, and I've had it in my earbuds. But I, I'm I'm starting to think <laughs> about when I'm talking to you now that it's more – it's just you're always – very aware that this guy's reading it, yeah. Like you never just like fall into you it. You fall,
1: yeah, exactly. Like the,
0: the other book, yeah. So uh, I don't know what it is. Yeah, I, I think he's a little too um emphatic with his voices or something. I, I don't know. It, yeah. it just it's like it's like you're, it's like you're constantly <laughs> listening to somebody auditioning or something. Yeah, um, yeah. Anyway, I
1: was listening to this series, and it was it's this romance series I really like. Mm-hmm. Um. And the first three books were read by, like, really good voice actors. Um, And then I think they may have changed the voice actors. And it was even... They changed it even better. Like, it was even better. Um, And then one of the books, they changed it to another. Like, they kept changing it. Um, And then the, the guy voice actor who was voicing the male characters, for, like, the main romance interest, that guy, he he did a old man voice he did like a rickety old man voice he's like i I can't even do it just like some
0: guy's voice who's like old and trembling you know and and, but was he an old character in the book
1: no he was like middle age you know so he
0: just he just aged him
1: he just like wanted this guy to be 60 years old and he was like what 30 (laughs) <laughs> it was so, so weird. So, it turned
0: like a, a romance book into a creepy book? Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it was really bad. do you're young. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I okay. think it's because uh, he was trying to do an Irish accent because oh, the God. guy had an Irish accent or some kind of like weird accent, you know, like I don't know. I don't mm. remember exactly. So, his attempt to do an accent turned into an old man voice. It was really bad. Yeah, but that was like that. You did it. And it, I just had to quit and no I, I couldn't really, listen to it it was awful <laughs>
0: yeah I, the, the this book this book has like one of the premises is this um I I, I think I've told you this already that Elon Musk type character this is this book was written in the 2000 so it's before Elon Musk and uh he'd already done two other successful companies and now he's put like all his money he's already a billionaire this now. is the,
1: like the main character
0: no it's not the main character it's just a character oh okay, okay. yeah um he's uh he did two successful companies he's a billionaire and then he's put like 15 years and a ton of money and mostly because he's gotten a lot of other people's money uh billions of dollars into this thing that allows them to time travel essentially and then they just explain like it's not really time travel it's travel until multiverses that look like ours whatever anyway um i don't know maybe it's because i've been reading this book i just realized this that i've been looking up a lot of deep tech stuff lately? Yeah. Which is this, this term that they don't use in the book, but, you know, it's this term that's um, it been around for a while, but I feel like it's having a resurgence recently uh, where, you know, you, you get investor money or you VC money for, venture capital money for, uh, um, well, the definition is just something that's really technically hard or difficult, but the implication is that you're not going to have a market right away you're not going to have a product and market Magic right leap. yeah i mean i don't think they were sold as deep tech because the idea was to sell directly to consumers like immediately but they
1: became deep tech yeah <laughs> well
0: they did and they also had uh, something like 2.3 billion dollars of investments so yeah it's, it's it's so that i think feel like that's another implication of deep tech is it requires way more money yeah but to me, it's funny because it just starts to sound like a good like it sounds like a good scam because it's like, oh, yeah, we don't have a market, a product, a go to market strategy. We also need way more money than usual, you know, and
1: but it's like the golden whatever golden goose or I don't know the good metaphor. It's. The idea that if uh, I, we are successful, yeah. we're going to take over. It's going to
0: have some multiplicative effect. Yeah, and yeah. So even like China is supposedly now um, focusing on deep tech, but I I wonder if it's because the like the regular startup market's been insanely saturated at this point, and there's there's definitely been this like excess of i've talked to you about this before but like excess of cash or money mm-hmm. um at least i mean not obviously at the middle class level but at the investment class level like if they, they have like more money than ever that they don't even know what to do with and they're yeah, constantly chasing these opportunities trying to invest in even really shitty opportunities because they're just trying to because if they if they can't turn around and invest in things they can't then go back to those people and ask for more money mm-hmm. so it's this it's this like you know, pipe flow problem or something where they just have to find new outlets for it. And so, I think you know, once they've saturated, there's only so many 10,000 apps you can do, and mm-hmm. dating
1: apps yeah, and yeah, whatever, exactly, food
0: delivery, yeah, and... walk your dog apps, and, yeah, you know, whatever. So, now they're just like, oh, we'll just casually solve, you know, deep tech problems, which they're always very vague on what that is, but um.
1: Yeah, I was asking you if Neurotech is considered deep tech. And certain types of Neurotech might be, and then other types might not be, depending on like the sophistication maybe of the of what you're trying to do.
0: Yeah. There's a real Yeah, it's really funny because there's a real pretense to it, you know. It's like when you're I don't know, when you're you know, any any other situation where there's pretense like dating or something. But <laughs> there's there's like there's this like um you know, the pretense meaning like you are you're, you're maybe interested in somebody but you have to act like you're, you know, still debating or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You
1: can't so, act too yeah, yeah. too into it yeah, or yeah. yeah. It, it, yeah.
0: It. <laughs> so so same thing with this stuff. It's like the the deep tech plays that are actually deep tech plays, I think try to act like they have this insane market strategy and, and, and like, it's so
1: that's like magically, right?
0: Yeah. I'm saying, well, I guess my, my, my general thesis in answer to you is just that I think the lines are very blurry mm-hmm. because um, I think if you're really honestly deep tech, you're like, Oh yeah, I'm going after fusion or something or which there are, there are fusion, like people trying to do that in a couple, countries like in Canada and the United States and some other countries. But, um, You're not going to you're going to be like, oh, this is our timeline and and here we're actually just going to be building plants and and making money at this point and getting bought and um, whatever. I don't know. And and that's kind of bullshit because it's it's such a it's a genuine deep tech play. And then I feel like the stuff that's happening now that's being called deep tech is not deep tech. They're trying to borrow the credibility of the difficulty of the problem and 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 the value of to the human race. But they're just working on like, you know, applying natural language processing to like some really basic specific thing.
1: Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Okay. So if, yeah, so I would, I would have some kind of language processing. Like I, I, I wanted to like, if I were to start a company, this is what I would do. Mm. I would, um, because I study, you know, social behavior and emotions, I would have a, like what I would do is create an app where, you know, it, it, it's like mostly a language processing app, identifying your um, emotions through the language you use throughout the day, and then just report your, your emotional states over weeks and months. And if you're going to therapy or if you have some kind of problem, um, you can track,
0: you know, your
1: emotions. And and I think it would be super beneficial for people because they'd start to notice patterns, you know, um, like, Oh, that week, I didn't sleep very well. I see I I get really depressed and anxious when I'm not sleeping very well, or um, I have some sort of triggers. Or actually, I have these waves of emotions, and they go away, and they come back. And then you could just maybe maybe you notice that it's not really a like the temporal variation of your emotions. Maybe it's not really weekly, but maybe it's daily. Um, Maybe you have a lot of fluctuations within a day. Maybe you're more stable. I don't know. There's all these interesting things people could find out about themselves. I think they're not aware of. And I think their emotions really come through in their language. Um, Like how you express your emotions. Unless you're a really inauthentic person, like a psychopath, and you're like, meh, like not, you know, (laughs) not being honest. But I think most people are pretty...
0: Or you don't want an open mic around you all the time.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's that's a huge issue. But I think if someone's really struggling with um, some dysregulation, I think they'd be they'd be totally um, okay with, you know, you'd have to have a security or like a really good secure system that maybe it would be local. It wouldn't be um, like saving this information on a cloud or something. So maybe you'd have to purchase a device. You can just download an app on your phone. You'd have to actually have a device yeah. to do this um, and you'd have to carry it around. And they already do that. Like um, for studies, like participants, accept this all the time to get recorded like most anthropology research that studies current um humans not tries to go back and study like the bones or or tribal um groups of people they the you know the everyday anthropology research is just to clip on this recorder and just record what you say every hour and then RA's just um you know transcribe what you say so anyways the point is that this is like kind of the app I would this is what I would like create if I was interested in tech at all. Um, but I would the whole point is that I would then couch this as a deep tech technology and then try to you know get funding for that like as a deep tech, right? Yeah. That's what you're saying. like this yeah, is I'm saying
0: I'm saying that that's the hot thing right now. It's like how maybe four years ago, saying your company was like an AI play would have been like, yeah,. Way to yeah. But then as of like three or two years ago, at least with the more sophisticated investors, you wouldn't want to do that because they just, all they see is like you're probably scamming. Yeah. But um, also there's such a, there's such a like deep um, field of VCs now because there's, because everybody's getting into it. It's like, you know, whatever. Yeah. I call it,
1: uh, I call it um, philanthropy
0: yeah it really is
1: it's it's like this really instead of like investing in hospitals or universities and getting your name on buildings you i think rich people are interested in being associated with really cool technology
0: yeah 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 it's i I was thinking about when we're talking about deep tech too i guess like deep mind would have been definitely deep tech but they they i don't think they called it anything like that back then um
1: And you're right. They had a market. They had this whole play. Like they had a clear vision of.
0: Yeah, but they still have no real um, consumers. Their only consumer is Google, which bought them and is paying for them and pays them. Yeah. You know, that's their consumer. But that doesn't really make any sense. You know, but they from funding to exit, they were like three and a half years, which is insane.
1: Yeah. And you, you, you looked it up the other day, how much money they're they're consuming from Google like yeah. each year, how yeah. much
0: so they, so they're one of the largest investments, I guess, was like $50 million. They got bought for um, about half a billion dollars, like $500 million by Google. And that was like 2014, I think. <clears throat> and then um, every year since then, they've been burning hundreds of millions of dollars. And I, I don't know exactly, in the earlier years but they they're essentially generating zero revenue and costing google like 500 million dollars a year or something like, like that wow and so currently they're up to maybe uh like 150 million dollars in revenue now mm-hmm. but they're burning like 750 almost 800 million dollars a year
1: wow so, so that's what
0: that, that was like last year do
1: uh, you core. think because they hire a bunch of computer scientists doesn't the article
0: say I mean it, the, the most sensational salaries there other than like the administrative ones which are, I really don't know how high those go um, like hospice and all those people which are probably mostly equity packages anyways um, the most sensational like hiring of computer scientists there there was some seven figure salaries yeah to, to poach some of these people but
1: do you and, and my question is do you think they're helping Google in other ways that there's just not maybe directly related to that department of Google? Like, do you think they're using all that intelligence to maybe work on other projects?
0: I mean, I think they're pretty modular. I don't think those people are being, like, actually used in other departments. Because, like, this whole, like, half their employee base is in England. It's not even in the United States. Oh, wow. But they do have, um, they do basically give or sell services to google um i mean i think their value to google really fast is is the is the is the is the pr from Mm. like we have the best you know go or chess or computer game whatever um ai um the the services that they're eventually going to have on their um data platform
1: oh is that all that stuff you were talking about um, was that?
0: I don't know what you're talking about.
1: Um, like the ability, <laughs> like you can go onto Google, they have the service for you to. Yeah, 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 exactly. But can you explain that? I don't remember it exactly.
0: Oh, it, there was. I think I know what you're talking about. The one where they were they were talking about um having a, a game playing AI, so that if you're a game developer, you can hook up your game, and then that they have an AI that'll figure out how to play your game automatically. Uh, it has a lot of limitations or whatever, but. You know, if it worked really well, which it doesn't yet, it'd be cool because you could, yeah, you could would be... do quality assurance testing. You could, you could, just you know, you could, you could. I don't know. I mean, eventually, you could set up like iterative level designs and stuff, and have something play through, like you imagine, like cyberpunk. Yeah. Um, if they had some way to like make a very unpretty version of a level. Yeah. And then they had an AI that could run through and shoot, and they could put bad guys. Yeah. And they could, you know. I think it'd be cool too to see how like what level of difficulty the AI um, needed to be at, like how high the skill level needed to be at to get through the level. So then they could just more iteratively um, design those levels because they have it's a lot of real manual work.
1: Yeah, I was watching a whole video on how they did level design for Cyberpunk. Just there's there, I think on on um, on Twitch, um, some of the. Um, Game develop the developers that work at um, CD Projekt Red were streaming, kind of playing the game and explaining how they were doing level design or different parts of the design. And one of them was talking about level design and how intense it is. Um, Just because you're you're trying to make the environment look aesthetic, but then Mm. you're trying to make the environment um, like combat um, friendly. friendly. Yeah. Yeah. So you know you have to create all this interesting environment um so you're like an architect but you're a combat architect you know trying to create a room that's like interesting and yeah, fun and not jump up on yeah and, yeah
0: and, and balconies to fall off of and
1: yeah but not something so obvious like it needs i think the feel is that you need to feel like you're discovering when you're playing yeah that you know that this you know feel like yeah, you're a clever lot
0: that won't be solved by Anything involving AI anytime soon?
1: No, but they but they could just set up like you said a bunch of blocks and some and just see, um, like with different
0: yeah, enemies and different when they, spaces. Like, when they populate the levels with bad guys, like yeah. how many bad guys do you put around these corners? I and see, stuff? and and that's that can be, uh, you know, that could be like increasing the difficulty or decreasing the difficulty of the level. Yeah, yeah. because I remember seeing a talk like this about um, from Microsoft Games like ten years ago, where they had some, like, statistician guy working there because he would, they just had a lot of massive human testing, you know, but they'd get all the data from that, and uh, they'd get these heat maps of, like, where people were dying on the level, and then they could go back and, like, look at that and realize there were some problems there or something. So, you know, if there was particular death traps or whatever that, you know. um,
1: Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. But that's using, again, human human intelligence right yeah
0: but but they could aggregate the data and look at it statistically and then use it to improve the design so
1: that's cool so that's something that maybe um what's the name of the division of google what's it called deep mind deep mind deep mind (laughs) um deep tech deep mind it's just after a while i'm like (laughs) can't remember um but yeah, DeepMind. That's something that they could produce that could make them a lot of money as a service. That's really cool.
0: Yeah, but the so the thing they have out there right now isn't nearly as good because um, you either need to provide it like a crap ton of data of, of humans playing your game. I see for it to learn mm-hmm. or you need to have um the other version of it is you it's called imitation learning where somebody sits down and plays it and watches you and your inputs I, I don't know it doesn't make any sense to me actually the imitation stuff but um yeah I don't know anyway but uh, the,
1: didn't they also do the language one where you could input like some words and it could come up with
0: that was a Musk company it's oh. called OpenAI.
1: Oh, okay, okay, Yeah. Okay.
0: That's uh, that was in the news. It was GPT three, which is just the largest language neural network in the world. Until China produced one uh, like a month later that was even larger. But I don't, if, I don't know. I I got an access key to it, and it's I think anybody can get an access key to it now. Um, and uh, you I were was, a very I was unimp- with it. unimpressed. Yeah, it was. It's not very good. It's
1: and the the major problem was how not creative it was. Because you were inputting different words, and you were trying to, you wanted like a collection of of different um, of something different and and interesting, and it just it was it was kind of like you're searching terms in a dictionary, and then you're seeing what word comes up.
0: Yeah, yeah. They they had a lot of different like examples or cases scenarios on there. Which are, I guess, kind of like use use um, features almost. But uh, I tried like three of them out, and it's not very, uh, yeah, creative or exploratory. I, I talked, yeah, I talked to you about this before. Where, like, a human can like satisfy two criteria. I feel like where they can, they can generate. I don't. I can't think of a good example on the spot right now. But they can generate something that fits the, like the technical rule but then tickles you yeah. because it's unexpected and it's not even close to being able to do that mm-hmm. you know it's 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 it's, it's almost p- in the power of like google search it's just you know um I, I, you have more you'd have more success with some of their stuff just going to thesaurus.com yeah yeah and just clicking through the word trees
1: yeah that's that's which, what it sounded like
0: yeah it was it wasn't very good um I'm not trying to be just naysaying or critical, but... And there might be some use cases which are really boring to me that it's way better at. Yeah, yeah, that I definitely. I didn't explore. Definitely. It. But, yeah, I, I was excited because I thought you could do iterative design, like, you know...
1: Card design, basically. Right, like that,
0: yeah. Like, if you had, like, magic cards or whatever you want to do, you know, the magic cards always have some interesting titles to them. So I thought if you could give it like 10 descriptors, it could come up with interesting titles, you know, like mm-hmm. for fantasy creatures, which is what magic is, or or something else if you want to do something else. But it, it's very um, uh, restricted or yeah, restricted. Yeah, that's definitely
1: not what it's made for or whatever. It's yeah. definitely not working for that kind of...
0: Yeah, there was a couple you know. other things I tested it for, but...
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um. Oh yeah, I saw that uh, Green Room, which is the Spotify version of Clubhouse, got 180k downloads off the app store. And that that one's interesting because you can do it on the Android, which I I
1: have. Oh, yeah.
0: And then, but every time I go on there, there's maybe 30 people on there. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah.
1: Even with 100k downloads?
0: Yeah, 180, almost 200k. Wow. Yeah.
1: That's, I mean, that's better than the amount of people listening to this podcast. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Thirty people, you get 30, 30 people listening to you.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll send it to all thirty of our friends. <laughs> that will be fine.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's funny. I, oh my gosh, Clubhouse was so, I t- I told I spent a bunch of hours on Clubhouse um, for a few weeks, and it it was just ridiculously annoying after a while it was just people talking about how clubhouse is great and then it was like obvious that they're being paid by clubhouse or they're getting there's some incentivized in some way to to kiss ass to clubhouse but half the meetings like it might be something interesting about you know women in tech or um I don't know some interesting cultural debate or yeah, something and then the entire so
0: boring like like yeah if, it's like as if we were just turn this podcast into describing how podcasts are so great yeah is yeah. it amazing with just two microphones and two people we can just yeah. create something and bro- it's like it, that's the, what the whole conversation jo- when you was. listen
1: to Joe Rogan sometimes he does that yeah. and I, I I have to skip yeah whenever he starts talking about how great the podcast is or how amazing podcasting is and I'm yeah. like no it's not amazing I'm just working well, I'm coding right now um, and I need something to listen to. Yeah.
0: yeah get I'm over just, yourself.
1: I'm just, I can't. I
0: sometimes literally let YouTube ads play when I work. Like, you're, yeah. the bar isn't that high. Just, just relax. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what was the guy, the political guy that I haven't watched in years? Oh, Dave Rubin. He used oh. to do that. He'd bring two people in the room, and then he would just constantly interrupt their conversation to say how great it is that we're in the room together, uh-huh. and we're having a conversation. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's obnoxious. I'm trying to think Yeah, a lot of people do that.
1: So many people do Lex that. Lex Friedman
0: does that like half his question there's or any of his comments rather Yeah. are going to be Yeah, I think they, 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 it's like they all invented speech. Yeah, or communication. Not even free speech, just speech. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's not Yeah, it's the worst.
0: Anyway, I don't think that's a platform we're missing out on. That's what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying clubhouses. And then I think whatever green room or this new one, I think it's going to be the same thing. Um,
0: Oh, yeah, I was looking into publishing uh, stuff. Like, how do you – I got this article recommended to me, which was four steps to getting published more. And I was like, okay. And, you know, the Mm -hmm. – I don't remember if it was for – like in magazines or I think it was for articles getting articles published, and then I clicked on this article, I was behind a paywall, and this lady um is uh i whatever I could see the I could see the author, but I couldn't you know there was so I just googled her, and she she is a former prostitute turned teacher. And she basically had this like media blow up about her at some point when they f- they discovered she was a prostitute and she got fired from her job or whatever. Wow. And now she's a writer, and I'm like, wouldn't that be the first and only step?
1: Yeah, <laughs> Is become it... a prostitute. No, 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 but I'm saying she
0: she got notoriety from like the 10,000 news articles written about her. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. Do something dramatic or have something dramatic happen to you. I That's just, how you get published. Like
0: four steps to getting whatever it says. Four steps to getting published more. I mean, like
1: And then she's also publishing probably self-help books or you know, how to become well, successful and
0: Well, she literally is publishing an article on how to get published more. That's what she's yeah, writing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love it when people who haven't done things write articles about doing things.
0: Yeah, yeah. I just I thought that was I. I just was I was expecting to get like some, you know, writing advice or something or
1: yeah from someone who's maybe published some novels or something like that. Oh no, articles.
0: I mean, articles are good. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. How to publish academic articles? One. Be, at a really nice university. Two. Know the editors on the. <clears throat> journals editing board or whatever mm-hmm. that, and then the last thing you need to do is have some kind of um, ridiculous pop sci result yes that's how you get academic pu- papers published yes <laughs> no there's good there's good academic papers being published of course i'm just of course i'm just i'm i'm shitting on the the select few that are are obnoxious um. yeah 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 i guess um you've been using the blind app
0: oh yeah i mean yeah i was on there for a day i'm back off it again
1: yeah it's yeah I guess I just <laughs> I don't know. I have nothing to say about it. but
0: you're fishing my life for content.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't have much content. All I've been doing is playing civilization. That's all I have to talk about replaying an old game over and over again.
0: I saw this uh, this Chinese guy running around. With food. So I assume he was like a delivery. Mm-hmm. Around the apartment complex. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and there was like this really like a lot of yelling. <clears throat> and I realized there was this Chinese woman in the car, which I assume is his wife or something. Yeah. And they were yelling in, you know, whatever. I can't tell the difference between Cantonese and Mandarin, but they were yelling in some Chinese language. And then, they, and then, and then I, he was obviously looking for the address. And I just thought it was funny that... Or I just couldn't figure it out why this delivery person like made it a two-person team. Like, you know, this is what they're doing with their day. Yeah. And then they appear to have a like a fairly nice, like s- like smaller-sized SUV.
1: Yeah, I've actually seen this before. I've seen couples doing deliveries together.
0: I've seen I've seen people do that with like a kid in the car. Yeah. Like a like a you know like a really young kid, but I've never seen the couples thing. It just seems like such a waste of time for two functional adults. And then there was no kid in the car in this case. Yeah, then, they
1: could just both be working separately and making double the amount of money. Maybe they both maybe they don't have another car. Maybe they're using this time to bond with each other.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's
1: maybe they're I, helping each other. They think they can do it faster, but they're not saving that. It just much didn't money. seem
0: sustainable to me. But I, what do I know? Yeah. I mean, I have no idea what they can pay with these, some of these services and stuff. I I'd always hear it's pretty bad, but I don't know. I, I guess my expectation was to go look over and see, a like, a shitty vehicle,
1: Yeah,
0: you know, and I don't know.
1: Yeah, I, I, I could see it as if you're starting out, maybe you want some help with someone to kind of help you figure out where things are and... and
0: Maybe her husband's really stupid, and she's trying to handhold him through a yeah, few through t-
1: Yeah, through a job. Yeah,
0: uh, I realize that's kind of what seen the nature of their relationship with her, just yelling at him constantly.
1: Yeah, that's possible. And he was like... Maybe it's his mom. How do you know it's his wife? <laughs>
0: I don't know. They They both were... The same age. <laughs> yeah, I guess.
1: Yeah, that's... That doesn't seem... Yeah, it doesn't seem sufficient or um, sustainable. I mean,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and yeah, that really. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what this gig economy that they talk about. But that's gig work, right? Mm-hmm. Technically, it's just like you get a gig and you're doing or whatever, doing yeah, it. Yeah,
0: when you get a thousand, um, you get you get into the terra economy.
1: Terra. <laughs> yeah, it's just whenever I. Use DoorDash or Whole Foods or Amazon Whole Foods delivery, mm-hmm. um, and then you have the tip, and you know the Amazon isn't as bad, but the DoorDash is really bad because they're taking a huge um, cut. Like they're they're charging you sometimes six dollars. Um, per meal, just DoorDash is taking that. And then they want you to tip for like five dollars. And you're like, I'm just trying to get a twelve dollar subway sandwich and this is gonna turn out to be thirty dollars. You know what I mean? And it's like, okay, I'm not that lazy. I can drive there or I can do that. But I don't understand DoorDash. You had this problem where um when you were ordering things off DoorDash and you wanted like extra meat or ex- something extra, they were up, up charging for the extra. Yeah, which they weren't doing in person.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's how they 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 pad they pad the bill everywhere they can on those yeah. apps,
1: and in a way like, that you don't notice either, or even
0: that maybe even the restaurant is noticing. Yeah, because the restaurant I don't think it's getting the padding.
1: No, the restaurant isn't, and I think that's why sometimes restaurants decide not to use DoorDash
0: because their menu, actually looks more expensive even yeah. before they add the uh, uh, transparent extra yeah. charges.
1: Yeah, so that stuff is ridiculous to me because um, just how expensive it is to eat out, if you're not eat out, but eat in, I guess, get delivery. I guess delivery was expensive all the time, um, even if you're getting a pizza delivered or something, You're tipping and things like that. But
0: Yeah, but pizza is cheap, so I feel like they were factoring that in. You know, and I don't
1: know. Yeah, it's like why can't you just call most a lot of restaurants and takeout has have direct delivery from that place, so you could just call them and get that done. Um, you don't have to order on DoorDash unless you're like sick or something, or there's some reason um, you want something. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I just think my my thoughts about that is I don't know if it's going to be sustainable. Um, the delivery. Yeah, like DoorDash and all these services. I feel like they're going to fall apart because I think the restaurants are realizing that this isn't the greatest deal for them sometimes. Um,
0: but in cities, I think they'll be fine.
1: That's true. That's true.
0: Yeah, I mean, when I worked in downtown, I, I mean, we did some version of DoorDash before DoorDash was around um, like every day for dinner if we were staying late.
1: Yeah, but that was probably, oh, it was a delivery service? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah.
0: I mean, it was expensive, but they were paying for it because it was all, you know, downtown corporations and stuff. And
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I get it. I yeah. get your food being delivered. They, someone needs to get paid for that. I'm
0: saying it just depends on how how much of the spectrum of the economy can invade. Like, it, like, like luxury cars are always going to be around New York. You know, in SF, these big cities, for you know, like corporate employees, but then to the what extent it can extend out of that, you know, which is like Uber trying to extend into, out of that. Um, it depends on, yeah, the price unit economy. Like, can it actually replace taxi cabs? And and there's small towns you go to where you know, it, it is hard to find taxi cabs even before Uber. So. Um. Yeah, I just don't know how expansive it'll get, but I don't think it'll disappear completely.
1: That's true. That's true. That's true. It, it's kind of like an upper class um, service too. Yeah. Um, because if you're if you have a, your attorney and you're working so many hours a week, you're like, I don't, ha- I need to save the thirty minutes to go to the, you know. Yeah, I get it delivered is way easier. I, I don't
0: I don't want to go outside and see any fresh air or the sky because then I'll realize what the hell am I doing in my yeah, life. Yeah, so exactly. If I can just keep myself in this prison, yeah. I will um, oddly be um, less aware of my unhappiness. Not be happier, just be less aware of my unhappiness.
1: Yeah, that's funny because it's exactly how it is to be a grad student except you're not getting paid anything. So you can't even order food. <laughs> yeah. It's the constant torture. I can't get over. Um, this is kind of a tangent, but um, this RA I work for, who's older, um, she really wants to go to grad school, or she wants to get accepted, and she has like this. Whenever she, whenever we t- tell her about things that happen in grad school, she gets this really glowy look in her eyes. Yeah, and and I just. When you're in grad school, you're so frustrated. You just hate. I just, I don't like, I don't like that look. I'm like, you don't, like, you're not getting what I'm saying here. When I try to explain that it's rough and it's tough. And she just is like, oh, it sounds exciting. And I'm like, no, it's not exciting. (laughs) I'm like all these fanciful ideas you have about, um, about being a, you know, Someone who um, can, you know, express their, their findings and their really cool ideas. It's like, that's not what it is. You're not expressing what, you're, what you have um, in your head. You're, you're trying to fold yourself into um, somebody who fits a certain mold. And then just hope that, you know, some other people like that. So maybe you can get another job. Yeah, it's and in
0: that way, it is kind of, uh, um, it isn't a complete sham in the in the view of uh, being for uh, job training.
1: It it is for job training. Yeah, 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 yeah. the The thing is that I don't know what the percentage of um, grad students become faculty, but I'm like assuming eight percent. Eight percent. Yeah, that or, sounds. And right. that might
0: even be inflated, but yeah.
1: That might be inflated. Yeah, and. It really depends on your your lab and the person you work with and the kind of status they have and what kind of data they have, yeah, and your what kind of help you're getting from the system. Um, and then a little bit how hard you work. But most people in grad school work really hard, you know what I mean? so it's not it's not about how hard you work. Everybody's working hard. It, it, other things matter. and yeah, I just, yeah, I think I think it's it's really. It's kind of this ridiculous thing where in the past maybe you needed a high school education and you could get a, a job. And now it's like you definitely need an undergrad. And now it's starting to – this new thing where it's like you, you probably need a graduate degree. Well, these
0: people working at tech companies feel like that, <laughs> like the people without grad degrees sometimes. There's people that constantly, de- you know, de- defy these things. It's, they're they're, they're yeah, very it's, soft lines. But, but um, you know, if you're a, like a software engineer – software development engineer, and you have, like, all you get is people giving you long lists of requirements that you have to now sit down and code for tens and tens of hours to produce something, you start looking at, like, the people in the uh, machine learning engineers or the um, applied scientists with fondness because, you know, they're, I don't know, they're not programming some stupid, like, web app interface thing for uh you know some customer purchasing bullshit or whatever they're you know they're trying to figure out um an algorithm or data pattern or something something that just seems a little more um not only intellectual but autonomous and uh uh, because because they're just kind of like whatever you can get to that will work you know um so they'll, and then, and I think their hours tend to be a little better too and stuff like that, but then they often are complain that you have to have a PhD for that stuff. Yeah. In addition to probably studying these coding exams for six months and everything else you have to do. Yeah. But, um, which both jobs have to do that.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't know.
1: Yeah, it, it's, in, yeah, it's interesting because, um, yeah, it's just crazy that you need, how many years of education? Like ten, at least 10 years of education before you can get a job, a high paying job sometimes. Um,
0: yeah. The thing with the, that, faster obviously.
1: Yeah. But if you're doing, I'm, I'm including undergrad and then your PhD. Like yeah, I'm four saying four to people, six. But
0: there's people who do that without doing a PhD.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, of course. Of course.
0: Or, or some people they? just do a master's and then they count that as graduate education. Yeah. And, of course. Of yeah. course. Of course.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but yeah yeah I mean it's it, it's a really cool process and I and I enjoy it for so many reasons. I just um, yeah it's a it's a rough process. Yeah that's all I have to say. I don't even know why I got on this topic but
0: because it's your life and then you have to retool yourself after it's all done anyways because you're not gonna be
1: yeah we were talking about the lawyer thing too and um being able to get doordash and i'm like it's like you can't afford (laughs) you're a grad student you can't afford you know some luxuries but you feel like you're working um at at least your mind is always on your work Mm -hmm. and which is different from if you're working um a regular job you're like i'm it's 6 p.m like I'm not going to read my messages again until 8 a.m. Or Yeah, but
0: that's always, I think, the trade-off if you're working on something that you chose. Because, like, the, the trade-off for working in a job that you don't really care that much about is... There's all the negatives associated with that.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, the... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm working on stuff that I find really interesting and I'm excited about it most of the time. Um, but yeah, because if you're... You know,
0: if you're a writer or a comedian or something, you're always thinking about your stuff. Too. You're
1: always thinking about your stuff. No, that, that is true. Yeah, that's the that's a cool thing. But, yeah.
0: Okay, well, next time we'll try to come up with a better name, I guess, right? <laughs> yeah, next time. We, we don't have a name for it yet. Because you want to change it.
1: Yeah, I want to change it. Okay. I, I think we're still feeling out what, what we're even going to talk about. Because today we talked mostly about just ran, random things. Okay. Um, yeah.
0: All right, well, that's it.